This, 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 this is mythical. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Dude, I'm going to 21 Savage with my nephew, Keon, and we are so hyped to see him. You have no idea. Uh, while you're doing that, Nicole, I'm going to be storming through the party like my name is El Nino because I'm going to be seeing some 41. <laughs> skate Punk is back, and it's not Pop Punk. It is Skate Punk, but also they have so many more artists to choose from. You got Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Nicole, you're not ready for this one. <gasps> Who is it? The Kids Bob Kids, baby. No way. <laughs> Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. That's right. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. Why is it always did you hear about that triple homicide and never did you hear about the great Canadian maple syrup heist of 2012? This, this is, is a hot, hot dog, dog is a sandwich. sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. I'm your host, Josh Sher. And I'm Nicole Anaiti. <laughs> and we're internet chefs over on the Good Mythical Morning and Mythical Kitchen channels for those of y'all who don't know. And when we're not making stuff like Wagyu Big Macs and Mountain Dew Twinkies, we're over here settling the world's biggest food debates. Wow, that was so natural, Josh. Yeah, we're trying a new little wow, intro there for it. those of you who have been here for a while. <laughs> seamless, honey, seamless. You're like, do people even know who we are, what we do? We haven't reintroduced ourselves in a long time. Some people might know who we are and what we do, but I think the fact that some don't is kind of exciting. And also I think we're allowed to reintroduce and reinvent ourselves. So we've been doing this for three years. Have we really been doing it's this? Been for more than three years. It feels at this like point. just yesterday you dragged me out of my prep and were like, "Hey, <laughs> you want to talk about pineapples being on pizza for an hour?" And I'm like. I ain't got nothing better to do. Yeah, and I was like, I wrote a 5,000-word essay that I'm going to try and recite line for line in this podcast because that that's great. how we think podcasts are done. It was really beautiful, but Thank you. it was not right. Uh, we're here, Nicole. <laughs> reintroduce yourself. To tell the people what's changed over your life in the last three years. Hi, I'm Nicole Anaiti. I'm 29 years old. I recently got married about a year and a half ago to my lovely husband, David. We have two cats named Harvey and Missy, and um, life's been pretty wonderful. I've been promoted to senior culinary producer, like what, last year? Something like that. Mazel tov, you did yeah, it. Yeah, and... Um, Life's beautiful and life's great, and I'm excited for all the new things that we're gonna do this year. On on, let's <laughs> hold on, Nicole. Let's what? go back to your wedding. Uh, what, what I love most about it is that you had a live electric saxophonist, and also at least three different cultures grilled meat on sticks. Yeah, that was intentional. Uh, that was, good time. That yeah, was yeah. intentional. I was like, maybe we should do a veg. They're like, no. Nope. Like, oh, meat right. on sticks, and oh my god, the fruit, <laughs> the fruit display. You should the gooseberries. It's oh, all so about the good. goose. The more exotic fruits you have at a Persian wedding. The higher your rank is in society. Uh, <laughs> I wish I was kidding. So today we are discussing what is the highest ranked fruit in no, Persian wedding culture. Nicole, no. Rambutan, how do you feel about it? False. We are talking about true crime stories that are somehow related to food. Okay, so we want to do this because <laughs> <laughs> this, this is not a shameless attempt at grabbing views. But no. true crime, it has been the most popular podcast genre for like, what, the last 10 years? It's interesting. It's massive. And I've I've gone through my own true crime. Sure. I listen to a lot of um, last podcast on the left, a lot of mm -hmm. my favorite murder, crime yeah, yeah. junkies, sure. great, great show called Fraudsters. Mm -hmm. um, so we both enjoy true crime, but we've never talked about it. Our own personal favorite true crime food stories. <laughs> and there are a lot of them. And there's one that's particularly interesting to me because I feel like I sort of stumbled upon this myself okay. a little bit Which through natural life events. 
Um, so this is the great whale meat scandal of Santa Monica back in 2010. Wow. Okay. It happened right in our backyard in Santa Monica. Um, two sushi chefs were <laughs> not arrested, but they were convicted, uh, never served jail time for illegally selling endangered whale meat out Holy of a sushi restaurant. Crap. And the way I found out about this, it, it kind of came around in a crazy full circle. Um I used to date a lawyer, right? Correct. Lawyers are into some weird stuff. Let's get that out there. And uh, what, what do you mean? We, when you got a lot of money to spend, you're a high-powered lawyer. And you're like chasing like new highs all the time. Sure, exactly. Okay. And, okay, and okay. I didn't really know this. We were hanging out. It was like the spouse of a friend, not naming any names here. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were like having dinner together. And we're talking about restaurants because you know I was a food writer. And he okay. goes, yeah, you know, my favorite restaurant, man, it closed down, unfortunately. But it was called Typhoon. You ever been? That sounds familiar. It was like near the Santa Monica airport, I think. I did have like really like uh, crazy like lighting. Yeah, it, it yeah, was some like, typhoon. It was almost like weirdly yeah. themed and this kind of like sexy sushi of the '90s restaurant. Sure, sure. It was owned by earlier. The restaurant was also called like the Hump. It was like two. Anywho, it was he, called the Hump. <laughs> it was right, like the Hump and the Hump of a, the Hump of the of a whale. And this all comes full circle later because, as you already know, they was selling whale meat. And I remember talking to this high-powered corporate lawyer guy, and he goes, "Yeah, you know, they serve some." Uh, some real interesting things there. And I'm like, oh, gosh, what are you talking about? Dude? What kind of interesting is? Yeah. You know, they had these uh, special like themed parties and it was like the eyes wide shut version. Oh, like, my God. That's exactly where like my somebody mind trying <laughs> to communicate this to me. And I didn't think Ooh. much of it. Um, eventually, I am uh, writing about this new restaurant called Ramen Roll. OK, it was a rock and roll themed ramen, sushi and gelato spot huh, that made okay. absolutely no sense. <laughs> um, and it was in part founded. This is in Culver City. It was founded by Adam Fleischman, who is the umami burger. Oh, sure. Guy, but who guy. had a kind of really strange break in reality where he started a website devoted to like quantum business mechanics and was trying to sell a weird okay. sort of pyramid scheme thing. It never made sense. Anywho. And so this it was him. It was the um, inventor of the video game Crash Bandicoot and then a sushi chef. So many buzzwords that you're Bro, saying right that's now. That's why I love this story so much. So you have Umami Burger guy <laughs> okay. who tries to start a weird business theme cult, the inventor of Crash Bandicoot, who I think there's also a little bit of shadiness around him, and then sushi chef Kiyoshiro Yamamoto. And I was like, this name sounds familiar. Okay. And so I Googles it. He is a sushi chef who was arrested for selling whale meat at Typhoon that this weird high-powered lawyer sort of intimated at me wow. that was going down. And how it actually went down is... A full-on sting operation led by marine mammal activists who were answering to the director of the movie The Cove, the Oscar-winning documentary film about the Taiji dolphin drive hunt in Japan. So what does this have? Okay, so dolphins and whales, where is the intersection? Oh, huge intersection. So basically dolphining and whaling, the hunting methods are the same. Okay, okay. And they've been trying to sort of illegalize, like there's a, a thing called the IWC, the International Whaling Commission. They've been trying to sort of illegalize whale hunting because of conservation means. Uh, a lot of species are endangered. But there's a lot of weird cultural factors, cultural okay. and economic, of course. That makes sense. Okay. Um, because you have like aboriginal whaling rights where they're like, sure. we've been hunting whales for thousands of years. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on uh, whale hunting TikTok. <laughs> or what, what, not whale hunting TikTok. What is it? like? People oh, like, like, like the Inuit with Inuit, the, they're making muktuk? Inuit muktuk TikTok is what I'm on. Yeah, they're, uh, where they make the cured whale blubber and they yeah, eat it. Yeah, and they eat it with that special knife. It's very yeah. interesting. So that's a little bit different than commercial whale course, hunting and commercial yeah. dolphining. Um, but commercial whale hunting, especially in Japan, I didn't realize this. This is going off on some tangents, but... Super tangent. But what else is new? General Douglas MacArthur, 
who was sort of in charge of the Pacific. He was in charge of the Pacific <laughs> Theater uh, for the American troops, and he was also sort of in charge of like the American settlement in East Asia after World War II. Okay. So basically, we just what is the Pacific Theater? Pacific Theater was like so the war was happening on continental Europe. We'll get what back. War? We'll get back what to Crash Man. World War Two. Okay. The big one. Okay. <laughs> so you have like, you know, everything going on in Europe, right? And then you also had like all these naval battles in Papua New Guinea and Midway, uh, you know, operations going on in Japan, basically okay. fighting the Japanese Navy. Sure. So Douglas MacArthur, basically, we, we, we nuked Japan. This is all very reductionist. We nuked Japan and then MacArthur's there and he's like, we got to figure out how to like stimulate the economy so we can get him back on their feet, right? Okay. And have good relations with them. And part of his thing was like commercial whaling, baby, do it. But whaling been a part of Japanese culture for a long time. Anyways, where they were getting this whale, the sushi chefs, mm-hmm. and they only sold it for $85, which I find fascinating. Well, I inflation. Feel like, now, what would it be? Like $95? I guess. I don't know. It seems pretty cheap. But it was an endangered sei whale, S-E-I. Okay. Um, and they were serving it in, in uh, they were serving whale bacon. They were serving whale sashimi. Mm. Uh, and you sort of had to like be in the know to get it. They didn't just put it on the menu, of course, because it was highly illegal. And the way they were getting this whale meat was through the Japanese, quote, scientific research whaling. So apparently there were, um, apparently there were exemptions in Japan where you could still hunt whales if you just painted the word research on your boat. And they they would always get caught and they'd be like, oh, we're just collecting samples for research. And it was this weird loophole that literally everybody knew. Oh my gosh. It was like, yo, not cool. But people didn't want to deal with it. So anyways, this sting operation is set up by the director of the Cove, and he has people reporting to him. Um, and there, there are two young activists. Hold up. I, I wrote some stuff down because I wanted to remember all this. Okay, so there were two activists, and they were sort of answering to this guy, the director of the Cove. I okay. forgot his name. Louis Sihoyos, I think it's pronounced. Um but anywho, so uh, they were served whale during three separate visits to the restaurant, and then federal labs confirmed where the meat actually came from. Okay, so pause, pause, Go ahead. pause. So three separate servings of whale. Okay, so what? How did they order it? So this is an awesome part of it. So what they did is they effectively went. Undercover for months, they would go to this restaurant, they would get the omakase, and they would increasingly ask for more exotic animals. Oh, And sure. then in interviews with the two activists afterwards, they'd be like, I'm just so sad. I didn't want to eat all these endangered species, but I had to to finally get to the whale meat. And it's really wild that that was the thing. Like, they... It was like um, in what's the Matthew McConaughey? Tom is a flat circle. Everything you've ever done. Interstellar. Do again. No, that wasn't Interstellar. True Detective. Oh, it's like sorry. in True Detective. Where oh, goes... I'm so sorry. That <laughs> I don't know Matthew McConaughey quotes off the cuff. What do you think this is? You know what I love about them high school girls. You know, uh, I actually heard that quote many times this weekend. I thought. Wait, about. <laughs> High school girls are about because I said it. I say it about rookie wide receivers in the NFL. I go, you know what I love about rookie wide receivers? I keep getting older; they just stay the same age, and that's a reference to a lot of highly productive young wide receivers in the NFL. Okay, so they would increasingly <laughs> ask for more exotic animals, and they would serve other endangered. Why are you laughing? Because they what ser- they did—it's hilarious. So they would eat other endangered animals to get to the whale meat. Yeah, I don't know if it was like how endangered they didn't they didn't document any of the other ones because these people are <laughs> very focused on whale and dolphin. And so what they did okay, eventually whatever, that's called erasure, and I don't like that. I agree with that. Well, this kind of gets into the whole thing for me about speciesism and which animals uh-huh. we care about and which ones we don't. Yeah, Obviously yeah, yeah. some are sure. actually critically endangered yeah. that 
decrease biodiversity in the planet, and that's bad, whatever. But if you just think one animal's cuter than another, ergo, you should not eat it. No. I There's a lot of cute animals. You ever see Babe pig in the city? Nicole, that was a metropolitan <laughs> pig and we're out here eating sausage. That's fine. Okay, I have one other question before you continue. How would they test to see that they ate whale meat? Was it was it poop or mouth? <laughs> no, neither. So what they did is they just pocketed it. <laughs> Which, as somebody who's been thrown no out way. of a sushi restaurant for <laughs> what? Do you, wait, 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 wait. You mean to tell me they order like an, an omakase menu? <laughs> yeah, and they go like this. Yum! Just put Yum. it in your purse. Yeah, <laughs> like some sort of magician from like third grade. You ever go to an all-you-can-eat sushi restaurant? <laughs> yes, of course. You know how they charge you for leftover rice? Yeah, sure. You have to eat everything on your plate, or else they charge you menu price for whatever you didn't eat. Yeah, you're but food. like, but like, omakase is one piece, and people watch you eat it. I know. What I'm saying is, I've gone to all-you-can-eat sushi, and we ordered way too much, and then I tried to ball all the rice up and put it in my friend's purse, and they caught us and they kicked us out, and they made us pay for it. That ha- no, but you don't understand. Like that's whatever. You're just like love die protect. Like that's fine. Like when you're yeah, doing omakase all you is eat, intimate. Omakase, like you, the the chef, like even though they're chopping, they like watch you eat it. Yeah, especially I know. the one thing that's the most illegal. There, this sushi chef, he so, didn't do it right. I I agree with that. I listen. I, I this is not a condemnation of the sushi chef nor the activist. I no, think everybody someone, was just doing what they no, wanted no, to do. No, no, no. I'm just saying, if someone orders the illegal thing on the menu <laughs> and you don't see them eat it, that's your fault. Yeah, I agree with that. That's your fault. They did not cover their bases. You should cover your bases. You cover your, if you're serving illegal whale meat, well, there's another funny detail about covering their bases. So. Eventually, right, they they put it in their pocket and they get it tested at a lab. They confirm it is indeed this endangered this species so of whale. Stupid. I'm so mad. And then they didn't just like, you can't just call the cops and be like, hey, LAPD, there's whale meat yeah, afoot. I imagine. So what they did yeah. is they contacted agents from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Hmm. And they didn't just like, you know, send in agents or whatever. What they did is they went undercover. I have to a confirm, feeling to that. Confirm. Yeah, to confirm, to confirm. And so they went there and they ordered the omakase and apparently. Um, they watched Chef Yamamoto, uh, they ordered the whale, and then Chef Yamamoto, like, goes to his car and grabs a plastic-wrapped thing of meat and starts starts serving it up. If you are at an omakase restaurant, if you are at any restaurant and you see the chef go to their car to get just, like, a wrapped hey. bloody package, probably just don't, like, Hey, hey maybe, maybe he was on an episode of Pip My Ride and Exhibit <laughs> put a freezer in the back of his car. Yo, dog, I heard you're a high-end sushi chef that serves illegal whale meat. So we put a whale exactly. dry-aging fridge in the back of your 2006 Prius. Exactly. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, and anyways, and that so is when they made their move. And so... Nobody actually served jail time. Uh, Yamamoto was sentenced to two years probation and a $5,000 fine and 200 hours of community service. The restaurant was fined like $30,000. Oh, beans. Um, and then the chef just continued to, to work in sushi restaurants. And who knows if they are serving, you know, uh, what they're doing these days. We hope they're clean. We hope they've learned. We hope they've reformed. We all hope criminals do, you know, second chance at life. Um, but to me, this is just a personal favorite. Absolutely uh, hilarious. That's story. a good true here, crime story. Here, here's a quote from one of the undercover people. Okay. It was so heartbreaking to eat an endangered mm-hmm. animal, but I knew that I was doing it to save the whales. We were there eating for four hours. I felt <gasps> so full and sick. Four hours of omakase? That's like, a long. Okay, see? It's like now, if you're undercover in like a in like the Hell's Angels, and it's like, oh, you got to beat up a guy to like, you know, earn your keep. This is like, oh, we had to prove. 
that we were down with the omakase by eating all these endangered eels or whatever. This is crazy. Four hours is a long time to spend anywhere other yeah. than work. I have a feeling that they just wanted to they wanted to jam on some endangered See, species that's and then what had I'm and then had regrets afterwards. That's what I'm thinking. You know? I mean I appreciate the work and the effort that went into the four hour omakase. Give me that I will What I are will, you, a diplomat? I hate if, you. <laughs> if y'all have any leads on any food crimes going on, I will absolutely go undercover and eat anything you need to. And that's a fact. If wow. you think there's like, you know, endangered turtles what being a real sold. Hero. You're a true hero. At some French restaurant. I'll go. I'll go eat my way through that entire menu to ingratiate myself with them. You know, just give me a cor- give me a little corporate card. You know, <laughs> give me that little cor- corporate card, and I'm down. I'll eat it all. Four hours. That's nothing for me. I'll do a twelve hour meal. Oh my gosh! Imagine twelve hour meal. No thanks. No. Uh, Tw- sitting. What's, down what's for- the longest like contiguous meal you've you've been to? Um, I don't know. Like Shabbat dinner at like my grandma's <laughs> house. That's like it, but like you no. never gone to like one of those tasting menus. That's just like a six hour. No, I don't think I ever will. I have yeah. other things to do. I did once at Providence. It's a two Michelin starred spot. I didn't pay for it because it was a media dinner. How long was it? Um, it was like six hours, and it was twelve glasses of wine. Which is what pretty would you sick, do? Dude. What would you do if Providence was selling whale meat? I listen. I'm not morally. What would you do? I'm not saying I'm like Josh. This is true crime. This is crime that really happened. It's true. It's nothing. nothing. I'm not a snitch. I will not snitch on anybody for like anything. If I why because snitches get snitches. No, because it's like (laughs) not your business. Like if something this so this kind of comes up if you just like witness. If I see somebody getting like beat up on the street, I will rush in. That's good because there's danger, right? Like I'll do that. It's like something bad, something materially bad is happening to somebody. If I see somebody like shoplifting at Rite Aid, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, I know. No, I've nobody's never, getting hurt. I wouldn't do that. You either. know, uh, and so that's my just general moral. So no, if somebody's serving whale meat, I'm just like, I, I wouldn't eat it. You know, <laughs> but I don't know. To me, it's 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 very silly the way that we distinguish. You know what's what is legal and what's not. The, the moral farming compass. practices mm-hmm. are so bad uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. as they are. Yeah. Who's to say? It's Sophia Franklin, and if you don't already know, listen up. My mini-series is live now, each and every Monday, and the only person missing is you. We're dating, we're dumping, we're learning, and we're tapping into all the feels that originally brought us together. Listen and follow Sophia with an F on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Your story was great. But, Thank you. But boy, oh boy, do I have another one. Oh, hit me with it, Nicole. <laughs> okay. So this is the story of doppelgangers and dessert. Okay? So um, back in the day, a 42-year-old woman in Brooklyn poisoned a woman who looked just like her but was about like 10 years her junior. And she put a Soviet Union. It's specifically a poison that was used by the Soviet Union. She baked it into a cheesecake. Hell yes. Found her doppelganger, served it to her. How crazy is that? Um, That tends to be a relative. Listen, not to reinforce, (laughs) not to reinforce gender roles here. Statistically, that tends to be a pretty common way for women to kill people. Okay, yeah. Like when I was when when I was doing research on this, I'm like, oh my gosh, Phantom Thread. I love this. Wait, what's Phantom? Have you seen Phantom Thread? No, I missed oh, it. Does that happen? Wow, you did, you just, did you just spoil Phantom Thread? Spoiler. For me? 
<laughs> oh my god! Phantom Thread. I still haven't seen Marvel uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron. <laughs> I still haven't seen Phantom Thread, and I'm planning on getting to both. Josh, there's just slight poisoning happening in Phantom Thread. <laughs> Damn it! Now I know that's gonna ruin the whole thing. It's gonna ruin the whole thing. <laughs> I thought. You, Wait, why did she kill it? Why did you she? Seem, you seem like such a like I don't know like a what's it called when someone loves to watch movies? A cinephile. You, you seem like such a cinephile. Uh, I'm a cinephile. I go to the theater. And a Paul, you seem like a PTA fan. And Paul Thomas Anderson. I, I don't think I've seen what's the PTA movie that well, came out. Ah, you know, oh, never seen that. I think the Licorice only pizza. I saw that one. That's okay. the only one that I've seen. And there was not a single pizza in the entire movie. Or nor let licorice. alone, let alone nor licorice. licorice. It's why. Do you um, know that there's an actual licorice pizza? Is it was a? It's, it's a record. It's a record. Yeah. It's a record store. Do you know? Because licorice pizza is a slang for a what? record. It is because you know, like records are like they're oh, they're the yeah. shape of a pizza. Oh yeah, but they're the color and have the striations of black licorice. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Again, had I known this, I would not have spent twenty dollars <laughs> to see that movie. But Josh, I thought it was about just a young enterprising Josh, chef putting licorice on pizza. Go ahead. Her name was Victoria Nazriova, which Victoria means that she's Nazriova. definitely <laughs> Russian. I just want to know how she got her hands on what is it? Fenzapam. Fenazapam. Fenazapam. Yeah, Fenazapam, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a drink, right? It's like a really powerful. Yeah, it's a really powerful tranquilizer. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know what it is. Like, it doesn't say necessarily, but. She just had a lookalike. She just casually had a lookalike. Maybe she was a spy. Do you think she was a spy, Josh? I was hoping you'd know that as the host <laughs> of the podcast. I don't um, know. It doesn't specify that she was a she was a spy or anything, but she stole her passport, her gold ring, cash, and employment card back in Brooklyn in 2018. So this is like a relatively new story. How would you kill someone? I don't think I should say that on this podcast. Why? It's only a problem if you're going to do joke. it. Joke. Uh, I joke them out. Uh, there, there is, there have been a fair amount of stories about people tampering with others' food and not not realizing the severity of like the crime. Yes. Like they're like including um, a student in a high school just like spit into their teacher's coffee. <gasps> That's and they're like, haha, so... funny joke. And they're like, oh, this is like battery. <laughs> like, you oh can't just gosh. do that. There's this crazy story about a caterer and the bride of a wedding drugging her whole entire wedding party by putting marijuana in it. That, oh is, my my God, fav- that... that is my favorite true crime story. Talk about it. It is the most insane story. So this, so this bride, she's like, oh, let's do a funny joke with the caterer. She's like, I want everyone to just get totally plastered at my wedding. So she infuses the olive oil, the honey, and I believe some other appetizers with marijuana. And marijuana is a sin, <laughs> and if you do it once, you then, will get addicted. Wait, wait, and then and then people start calling the police. Like, I feel like I'm dying, <laughs> and then they're like, "What are you talking about? Oh, I feel kind of weird." Also, the bride said that she put weed in my chocolate or something. Yeah, and then the caterer got arrested, and the bride got arrested. Rightfully too. so, dude. Yeah, that... you can't you can't screw around with people's food, especially at speaking of wedding food, you can't do that stuff. Um, I, it's I think wrong. One. Uh, uh, marijuana. When you infuse it, so uh, cannabinoids are fat soluble, right? So if you're, this is I've for never, scientific. I no, I have this no is idea. Scientific, right here. If you happen to be making edibles, what you need to do is you need to heat the fat up to a certain temperature. That extracts the THC from the cannabinoids. Mm. That binds the fat molecules. That's why all of these infusions are typically made with oil and butter and all that. However, if you don't control for heat, if you don't control for volume, if you don't control so for time and dosing, like. 
you're never going to OD and die on weed, but you will have a really, really terrible dissociative like, time. You can like like psychosis and stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, like anybody who's had a terrible, terrible edible trip, you know, Whoa. hypothetically out here, it's like not fun and it can last for days. Oh, my God. And so like messing around with people's food like that. You know, at least now with all the the legalized stuff, it's yeah. like more, it's dosed out. It's at least a little bit controlled. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's like a know? little bit of like standardization that goes into the process. But when you're running a catering operation and if you're just <laughs> making your own infusions and tinctures and you don't know how much like oh my god, like they're like how much um I, I got invited to some weed dinner and I was just like I don't want to go because if you are infusing like lasagna. One, by the time you eat the lasagna, it's going to be 45 minutes until you're actually stoned. So it's like, why do I want to get stoned after I eat the lasagna? It doesn't yeah, make totally, any sense totally, to me. Totally. Um, but anywho, the trying to control on that, because you're like, well, I need to add a little bit more infused olive oil. And, oh, onions are sticking a little bit more olive oil. Oh, it tastes really bad with this. Let me put some Yeah, let me balance it. it with some more. Like, that to me is just so very, very silly. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think the fact that weed is getting legalized more in states now, you get people like this caterer who are like, ha, 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 fun joke. Listen. This is a harmless thing to play with. Listen, I get it. I've been to weddings with bud tenders before. Yeah, And that's yeah. fine. But, like, that's on your own volition. Like, you walk up. Yes. And they, yes. they offer it to you. It's not just put in, like, your salad dressing the yeah. way that this was. It's very scary. It is. You can't trust everybody. It is. How about pink sauce? That's a good recent <gasps> food crime. Is it that's a good, crime? It's not a crime. Um, did they go to jail? No, they did not go to jail. Their products are in Walmart now. Um, but what they were doing, and, uh, and I don't know if there were ever any charges brought mm. up, but they were like mailing sauces direct to consumer. Yes. So for those who don't know the story, there's a chef on TikTok um, who started making a violent, not even a violently pink condiment. It, it, it really it looked violent. like Pepto. It looked like Pepto-Bismol. It was crazy looking. And they claimed it was, it was mostly a mixture of mayonnaise and dragon fruit and spices and stuff like that. I don't believe that for a second. They showed themselves putting dragon fruit powder into the thing. But you think it was just food day? On the commercial level, yeah. Why are you spending on dragon yeah. fruit? Also, dragon fruit doesn't have much of a taste. Wouldn't taste good. Also, dragon fruit, like I saw videos of it being poured on fried chicken. I'm like, hmm, mayonnaise, dragon fruit, and fried chicken, huh? Doesn't make a ton of sense to All me. All right. <laughs> uh, but anywho, um, so they go viral for this pink sauce and a lot yeah. of people reacting equal parts disgust and delight and all that. And they eventually start selling it in the bottle. And they had videos of themselves like at a bottling facility. <laughs> Um, yeah, but none of the details added up because people were the taking caloric details. Yeah, yeah. They, they had a nutrition label on it that looked like a real nutrition label. And then they would say that there were like 444 servings in like a 12 ounce bottle. <laughs> and each one had like nine calories. And people were just like, what is going on with they this? They just hired someone from Fiverr probably. And I know. was like, here you, hey, can you make me a label? And they're like, yeah, for sure. That's the only way I could ever like from someone who yeah. understands research and development and like actually developing these things and talking to food scientists. It's just like so many alarm bells are just going off yeah. in my head. Like there's no way that this was like verified or standardized or anything like that. No. And there's there there have been other stories in this like direct to consumer. I'm going to sell you food that I've just made myself. <laughs> yeah. Thing, but doing it at like a really high level. Yeah. Like pink sauce is probably the best example, and now they're in Walmart because controversy just gets more eyeballs, and so now they're selling it. It's not even um, pink though. Now it's like it's like a it's like a beige. <laughs> it's like a light beige. It. it makes me sad. How have we not gotten pink sauce yet? I think we need to make our own pink sauce, but like a totally why not blue sauce? I was just gonna say, let's do. it. I already know how to do it. Shh, we're not gonna. It's gonna be menthol flavored. <laughs> it's gonna be like a mentholated, like dentine ice flavored sauce, but I you put was, it on steak. I was thinking a little bit more of like the blue algae seaweed route. No, I think it should just be like toothpaste, though. I think. <laughs> Come on. We all got, you know that bright blue toothpaste with the sparkles in it? Sure. Like Aquafresh? Or no, it's the Listerine Crest. It's my favorite. 
Why wouldn't you just put that on your food? Because I have standards and want mayonnaise with it. Why? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that makes it an aioli, don't you know? You know, one of my favorite true crime stories was when I was a kid and like I would just like my mom would just have like true crime daily going on. Yeah. Right? yeah. And then she would like go and like wash dishes and I would just sit there and watch. And there was <laughs> this one video that was like bread squeezers. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And they're like. If you've seen this going down in the halls of your local grocery store, make sure to call the police or whatever. (laughs) And it was videos of people taking loaves of bread and squishing them to the point where it would like like it would turn into mush and then it would throw it. And then they were just like, oh, For, I'm, to what end? Like they they were just like being menaces to society, and they were like di- they were just trying to disturb the peace. I don't know. And then they would they would literally squish it and throw it and just say, oh, I was testing for freshness. And Jesus. then I would just watch it. And then whenever I'd see my mom, like I would go to the grocery store with my mom, and I would see her squeeze the breads. I'm like, mom, don't do that. You're gonna go to jail. <laughs> so that's my personal true crime story. <laughs> that's my personal true crime food story. Um, one of my favorites, Ariana Grande. Oh, uh-huh. licking the donut? Ariana Grande licked a wow. donut in Temecula. What was Ariana wow. Grande doing in Temecula? Very unclear. But she said, I oh, hate America. And then she licked a donut. And that's Did a crime. Did she get arrested? No, I don't believe. I think if you just offer to pay for the donut, <laughs> that's probably not a crime. But I remember that. Um, no, there was also um, an NFL player. Hold on. I have to look this up. I think it, I'm not going to say his name to not perjure myself. Just say um, NFL player. Yeah, it was absolutely Golden Tate. He played oh. for the Eagles. Yeah, Golden Tate. This is just Go Birds! So he um, had... Hold on, I gotta, Nicole, stall them for... Okay, so back in the days, there was like this crazy story on Snopes.com where they would put bloody syringes into bananas, so no one was allowed to bring bananas to school. Yeah, so what happened is Golden Tate, when he was a rookie on the Seahawks, uh, tried to go get a donut from a spot called Top Pot Donuts, but they didn't open until 7 a.m. In Philadelphia? Uh, no, 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 this is when he was on Seattle. Oh, um, sorry. And yeah, he had a good little run with Philly. Uh, but anywho, uh, at 3 a.m., uh, he and his friend uh, broke into it and then just stole maple bars and then walked out. Um, and then he got interviewed for it, and they asked him why, and he just said, uh, they're irresistible. It was kind of a foolish mistake that won't happen again, uh, but if you ever want some maple bars, that's the place to go. <laughs> he just loved, Nicole, he how just much, loved how the much, donuts so much. How, how much notoriety did that place get? I probably a lot more like it could have been staged. Who knows? I'm and, not out here. <laughs> Golden Tate Gate staging the donuts. You His know? name is Golden Tate. Golden Tate. Yeah. Golden first name Tate last name. Yeah. Great should've football been, name. Should have been Tate Golden. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It's Golden Tate. You need to go change your name now. I would have just. He's out of, of the NFL. You know, he's, he had a good career. What is nice he doing now? Run. Oh, I don't know. Golden Tate. Uh, if you're out there, dude. Stealing more uh, donuts from local um, purveyors, probably. <laughs> honestly, good, great, great route runner. Tough, uh, tough across the middle, you know, but he can still stretch the field. Really big fan of your play style. Josh, what did we learn from <laughs> today's podcast? I think what we learned today, Nicole, is mm-hmm. that um, Jeffrey Dahmer, right? Really big true food crime guy. And that's the, the one that we deliberately skipped. Yes. Um, I was thinking of maybe dipping my toe into like the the cannibalism side of this? Well, yeah, there was the Canadian. There's, I know that I'm not a big murder guy. I like cults and I like oh, weird crime capers. I love all this like murder, cult, like like stolen identity, like lying to feeble old men. I like that, but, I but I don't like the stuff. I don't like the butcher. I don't like the murder of it all. That's the I one do, species I that I don't think you should kill and eat is humans, and probably a lot of other ones. Just don't don't quote me on that. Specifically, humans. You say should like, not no. kill and eat them. Okay. Yeah. 
If they, if they if they want to be eaten consensually, that's whatever. If they die natural, but you shouldn't kill against their consent. If you want to hear us talk more about cannibalism on the podcast, leave a comment. There is a Canadian serial killer who was grinding people into sausage and selling it, that's and they right. only found out because there was a hepatitis outbreak from the sausage meat. I do remember this. Mm. Sorry, it was just a baby burp. Just a baby burp. Uh, that was a daddy burp. <laughs> that was a big brother. All right, Nicole. We've heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling out there in the universe. It's time for a segment we call Opinions on the Casseroles. Good stuff. Did you do the ho Hey! I did it too. <laughs> Natural singers. We should have done the metal thing where they just go like. <laughs> no, that's like '80s hair metal. But like, in, if you go to like newcore. <laughs> no, 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 it's just like. <laughs> they like make it. It's like a cat vomit. <laughs> okay, let's listen to our first. Kind of like corn. Hey, Josh and Nicole. My name's Faye, and hey, Faye. I wanted Faye. to touch base about arugula. Why is it not more loved? Lettuce is so unsuperior whenever Ooh. you compare it to arugula. It's got a nice lemony taste, and it's just the bomb.com. So, oh. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Did their phone I... vibrate? Faye, <laughs> Faye did not say where they're from, did they? Because that's interesting. So, they said, why is arugula not more loved? Uh, because it's better than lettuce. It is. I love arugula. Wait, hold on. I thought we were post-arugula. If we're Never. talking coastal elite culture... <laughs> Nicole, of which we are part, we are in Los Angeles, okay? Yeah? You grew up in the hills of Beverly. I to was quote on, the Beverly Hills. Uh-uh, I was below sunset. I was not that well off. <laughs> Point is, arugula was, you could not avoid arugula like arugula. seven, eight years ago. It was it's a hot. huge, huge, huge thing. Rocket. Every like, you know, $16 burger restaurant was putting some sort of like truffle burger with dressed arugula on yeah. there. Um, the burger that changed everything, a restaurant called Father's Office. That's right. You can trace the burger revolution to theirs in 1999. It has dressed arugula on it. Arugula was always seen as this kind of like fancy, cool, European type thing. Hmm. And then I feel like it's somewhat dropped off in popularity. And now I feel like the cooler thing to do is to like uh, make a little bit of a fancy wedge salad <laughs> on like, oh, this is heirloom iceberg lettuce. I disagree. I think it's fancy pink radicchio. <laughs> Uh, in that people are doing the radic- yeah. the radiques now. Yeah, but no, I love arugula. I always have it in my fridge. I'm I, the only one who eats it though. That's so funny. What yeah. do you use it for? Everything. I put it in my scrambles. I make a little salad. I dress. You'll cook arugula too. Some. T- I mean, just warm it through with like my eggs. Yeah, so like morning. slightly wilts. So you still get a little toothsomeness. Yeah, I love its pepperiness. I put it in sandwiches a lot. I think it's delicious. I don't like though. Uh, um, I love lettuce. I love crunchy, crunchy lettuce. I love. Yeah. I love butter lettuce. I love romaine's <laughs> fine. Iceberg lettuce. I just eat a lot of because I really love. You like this. iceberg lettuce? I think iceberg crunchy has water. a deceptively deep flavor. It's this kind of like it nuttiness. It's not Dude, deep. Grab some iceberg Shut lettuce. Up. Gra- and I'm not talking to this thing, the fancy iceberg. This is from the Smart and Final. No shade. The Smart and Final is walking distance from my apartment. Um, but uh, tell me more about your exact location, please. Oh, great! Yeah, so the no, corner of Pico okay, and no. Sepulveda is a building called Linea. Oh my god! I'm moving. Um, don't move there. Like none of the <laughs> strike you mo- that from you the move record, there please. for the amenities, and then none of them work. Ugh, like what are we doing? I, I, none of the grills. All the anywho. Um, <laughs> point is, I love iceberg lettuce. I love very crunchy lettuce. What I don't like are flat leafy greens. I when like you em. eat them raw. To me, it's like you're. Your teeth have to grind them. I feel like that's okay. I feel like a 
what are they ruminants i feel like a ruminant the animals that have to chew food and then they swallow it and then they vomit it back up to rechew it that's how i feel chewing could yeah nicole's chewing her cud over here i was gonna say something dirty um but anywho, arugula. <laughs> what were you gonna say? Fantastic. Tell me later. I was gonna call you. Never mind. <laughs> arugula is very fancy. I think it's had its moment in the sun. I am glad that to me as a society we're post arugula, and I never necessarily want to go back. I'm here for the iceberg, baby. I like arugula, and I'll eat it all the time. Thanks, Faye. Also, great name, Faye. I love Faye. We need though. more Faye's in this world. Great name, Faye. I'm gonna name my son Faye. Okay. Hey, Josh. Hi, Nicole. <laughs> Big Andrew podcast. I'm a middle school student in St. Louis. Oh. Yes, St. Louis. Oh, oh no, wait. I'm sorry. We always make fun of our pizza. Oh no. I have an unpopular opinion here. I love ketchup on sandwiches, specifically sandwiches with cheese. Okay. Tell me what you think of this. Oh, oh uh, now I feel terrible you for should. talking smack in St. Louis. I always tell you think about the children. You never uh, think, I about, never the think about the children. You always think about yourself. I'm sorry. And then there are negative repercussions. This young man called us saying, why are you talking smack about Mass City, fam? I'm sorry, now buddy. Now he puts ketchup on his cheese sandwiches to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, great opinion. I love, I love... My earring fell off. It's weird, gross. <laughs> I love putting ketchup on my sandwiches. Underrated, great condiment for sandwiches. I think it's very silly that we accept, well, some people don't accept ketchup on hamburgers and hot dogs, but most people do. We accept that as a society. But then you get this young, impressionable man from St. Louis, which is a great, fine city. And I like truly everything we've said about St. Louis, we're just joking. Yeah. All pizza. I've it's never not my. Been, I've never been, but I'm sure it's great. Yeah, like even the pizza. It's like it's not Wait, my personal thing. But what state is St. Louis, Missouri? Oh my god, Missouri! Oh my god. Yes, it's in Missouri, dude. It's Eastern Missouri, and then Kansas City is what a major the major city. Do and I know and then Jefferson about- City is the capital of Missouri. I don't know how to tell you, Missouri is like a fine big state. I've never been. Um, I've never been. <laughs> but anywho, everything we say is in jest. St. Louis pizza is not my personal favorite, but it's a perfectly fine and valid style of pizza that a lot of people enjoy. Ketchup on sandwiches. It's a great time. I put ketchup in just a simple burrito of lunch meat, ham, cheese, and eggs today, and that's a fantastic... I put mm-hmm. the ketchup in the burrito because I didn't have time to dip. yum Oh, I think ketchup is a great condiment. I've said this time and time again. It is a very complex sauce. It is sweet. It is umami. It is acidic. It is well-spiced with warm spices, and I think it makes a great sandwich condiment, and I think the salty cheese offsets the sweet ketchup. Mwah. Hi, this is Noel from Seacoast, New Hampshire, excuse me. New Um, Hampshire. And I have an opinion that uh, pizza is not a pie, it is a tart. Think about it. (laughs) Thank you. A tart, okay. Oh my gosh, what's a freeform tart called again? A galette. It's a galette. It's a galette. It's a galette. I could see this. So tart is interesting because if you were to like Google translate what tart, tart in French means, they'd say pie. Oh. But like pie to me, especially a sweet fruit pie, is a very mm-hmm. uniquely American dish. Sure. Obviously, you get the term pie all around in Britain and every Commonwealth country and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, they have their most they're mostly um, savory. Yeah, right? sure. In America, we think of pie as sweet. Uh, so pizza pie already is kind of like starting at a weird disadvantage. 
tart. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's a pe- it is a pie. Sorry, I don't believe it's a pie though. I think they said that because pie. they needed an easy way to communicate what pizza is. Because no. in like the 1950s, it wasn't very tomato common. pie. Tomato pie. I accept New Jerseyans calling it tomato pie. Why? Because well, they he's have from their New Hampshire, culture. New Jersey. It's like New how Hampshire. we give Aboriginal cultures whaling rights. We give New Jersey the right to call whatever they want, whatever they want. So they just leave us alone. We don't want to interact <laughs> with the people from Jersey. You're so shady. I'm kidding. I I've, I uh, spent some time in Ventnor at the Jersey Shore and I had a lovely time. I had the crab fries. Ugh, so good. I've never been to New Jersey, but I think I would thrive there. <laughs> Something about the hair, the nails, the the camaraderie, the family. New Jersey is a very big, I diverse would do place great as well. Great in New Jersey. Big Indian population in New Jersey. A lot of Jews, Italians. I would black do great folks, there. White folks. Uh, it's a fun. It's a nice place. You think um, I'd do good there? What? Do you think I do good in New Jersey? Did, yeah, did you just put on like a sort of fake half Jersey accent? No! As you're like, do you think I do good no, there? Do you I'm think speaking. I do good there in Jersey? I am trying to get your attention. <laughs> you always have my attention. Yes, I think you would do well in New Jersey. Thank you. Yeah, you'd be a good mob wife. That's a stereotype from the Sopranos. It's not You real. are the 40th person to say that to me. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Hi, Nicole. Hi. Hey, Josh. <laughs> my name is Anna. Wow. And my hot take is that oh, the no, best fruit, objectively... Is lime or limon. That's the green one, not the yellow one. Because ah. you can use it for sweets, you can put it on dessert, you can make your sour candy, you can make limeade, you can do savory foods, put it on top of a taco, you can use it for cleaning, you can use it as medicine for your throat. <laughs> it's mm. multifaceted. And that's why it's the best fruit. And it's on my tattoo. Ooh. Got a tattoo of the limon. Uh, you know but, what the one thing you can't do with a lime is, though? Butterfly shrimp, popcorn <laughs> shrimp. Lime and potatoes, <laughs> lime salad. The one thing you can't do with a lime, and I'm not saying you're wrong necessarily, is eat it. You can if you want to. What are you talking about? You can't just straight eat. You can't peel a lime and eat it as a snack. Yeah. Have you ever, ever seen the videos where people will skin a lime, put a bunch of tahini on it, I'm salivating. Tahini yeah, and heavy. chamoy. And oh my God. They put like Warhead on it. You never uh, seen those videos? No, I don't watch this weird sour porn that you do. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Oh God. Um, I've never done it, but like I could. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious where they're from because when they call lime limon, limon. different Latin American countries in their different dialects That's of Spanish true. have different terms for lime and lemon. That's and true. This is uh, people from Mexico may uh, uh, rebuff this, but um, a lot of places do not have a term for lemon. Right. Mm. And if you try and translate it across different cultures, different um, Latin American countries, different states in Mexico, limon to mean lime, limon amarillo to mean lemon. Like there's okay. a lot of weird things because most people are just like, yeah, we don't mess with lemons. We exactly. have limes. There's a, there's... You go to Argentina, they don't mess with limes. They only use yeah. lemons. Is it because of like it's not just not cultivated there? Like what is the reasoning? I think it has to do with like you go to Argentina, it's a lot of European sure. population, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. for a lot of very complex reasons. <laughs> um, and yeah, limes are, you know, indigenous to to like the like Yucatan. Sure. Um, Gulf of Mexico area. Um, I agree that limes are super multifaceted. I love limes. And I think that there was a lime shortage um, for a while in Cali. And Do you, you could remember not, that? You could not get, you had, to get, you had to get lemons at taco trucks and it doesn't taste right. You make guac with lemon, it does not taste right. It's uh, it's crazy. Like it was like, what, 75 cents for a lime at yeah. that time? That was insane. You know what you do in those situations? You buy a bottle of citric acid. And yeah. then you put a, like a few granules in there in your guacamole with some, some lemon juice. Yeah, because- like kind of, 
to me, like lemon, lemon has a sweetness and like a it floralness does. to it, whereas lime has this like um bitterness. Like biting bitterness that's yeah. so freaking good, especially in the in the zest. If you had to choose though, one citrus to rule them all, lime or lemon, what would you give up? What would I give up? Yeah, probably give up limes. I think I might have to give up limes too, I, which is a bummer. Well, I I find myself reaching like with with the cuisines I make at home and and the recipes I make at home, I find myself reaching for lemons more. Like for example, if I'm making I don't know like like salmon, I find myself reaching for lemon. Mm. If I'm making a vinaigrette, I find myself reaching for lemon more so than lime. But like, yeah, if I'm if I'm making like tacos, like last night we had tacos, I put some lemon. I mean some some lime juice on it. Yeah. But yeah, I find myself with the, with the canon of what I cook at home. I'm reaching for lemons more often, but I always have both at home. Same, 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 same. Always got to have both. You never know when you're going to do tequila shots. I also uh, agreed. <laughs> and not only that, um, for me, I probably cook with an equal amount of lime and lemon because okay. I make a lot of Vietnamese food. And there's yeah. like a condiment like nook trum that you make with lime, fish, salt, sure. fish sauce, uh, sugar, and, and garlic and chilies. And I make that a ton. Uh, make a lot of Mexican food at home, so I mm-hmm. always use lime. Um, but the kicker for me is cocktails. Sure, yeah. I use always lemon entertaining, significantly yeah. more than lime. You say, oh, no, I'm not always entertaining. I'm always drinking alone. Oh, um, but I like to make. <laughs> I like to make myself cocktails and like lime juice with whiskey. It don't taste right. I drink a lot of dark liquor. Yeah. Uh, make a lot of kind of whiskey sour variations stuff like that. Yeah. So that have to be my kicker. So. But I do agree that the lime is like seriously underrated, especially like like Colima limes. Mm, I'm a big Persian lime purchaser for obvious reasons. I just started thinking about, uh, ¿qué es esto? Jamón del Mar. Jamón del Mar, uh, smoked marlin. Oh, yeah. Oh, we had that together. That was delicious. Smoked marlin with cheese and you squeeze lime juice on that. That's really good. That is just like. Good bite of food. So much salt, smoke, fat, acid, Mm -hmm. pow, bitter. Mm -hmm. Mm. Hot damn, I'm horny. Josh and Nicole. (laughs) What? You were just saying words, so I said our names. Oh, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're kind of blacked out there. I noticed. (laughs) And on that note, thank you for listening to A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. Nicole's doing an interpretive dance over here. If you want to hear more from us in the Mythical Kitchen, check us out on YouTube where we launch new videos every week. If you want to be featured on Opinions or like, sorry, I was so deep in my dance, I forgot what I was saying. If you want to be featured on Opinions or I Casseroles, you can hit us up on Twitter at Mythical Chef with Josh or and Hendy Zada, that's me with the hashtag Opinion Casserole. <gasps> or if you want to leave us a voicemail, give us a ring and leave a quick <sighs> message at 833-DOGPOD1. That's 833 833- Dog pod one. We're, we're wet. And for more Mythical <laughs> Kitchen, check us out on YouTube. Where we launch new videos every week. I already said that, but you know the deal. Uh.